Hello, and welcome to your Pointers for Parents podcast. As you all already know, I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Lloyd with Lloyd Learning Labs here in Sugarland, Texas. And you all already know what we do is we support parents with anxiety as it relates to teens transitioning out of the home after high school, whether they're heading off to the college campus, the military base, or simply residential interdependence. And listen, we have with us, I am so excited she's here. She's going to be spending some time with us and talking about different topics. And I'm super, super excited she's here. She's Dr. Meg. And she has done graduate work, of course, at the University of Minneapolis. And she has Indianapolis. And she Indianapolis. Got Indianapolis. 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 Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there is a difference. And there is a difference in location, in the name and the location. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And she did her undergrad and her grad work there. And you all know, yep, she has completed a dissertation and has her doctorate degree as well. And we're super duper excited about that. And listen. It's in like this parent-child interaction. And I know that that's something that's really interesting to you all, especially since your teens are transitioning out of the home. She has a specialty in this play therapy. She was trained by the Athena Drews, which you all know she's an author and has just published tons of books. And so I am excited about us tapping into the trainee of Athena Drews. And so also, as you all may know, that there are not many who focus on play therapy. And so I'm excited about her talking about this. And she speaks to community leaders, too, uh, Dr. Meg does, and about the risk of suicide and helps to just connect systems uh, just so that um, there, there's this idea of, of discontinuing this or helping so that we can prevent this suicide. And also, guess what? Just for fun, and it, it may be even a serious um, a hobby as well, she plays the piano. So I'm super excited about this side hobby. So, Dr. Meg, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. We had to have you on. We had to have you on. And so I just want to just start off with a fun question before we dive into uh, just the specifics, of course, um, how you work, what you do. Um, I mentioned a little bit about that, but then also some questions I'd like to ask uh, that are a little bit more focused. So tell me, what is your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote that exists as we speak? I do. It is by Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. and it is, people will forget the things that you say. They will forget the things you did. They will never forget things. They will never forget how they made you feel. Mm -hmm. The way they make you feel, I think that thing is, that's important. And throughout my career, I've really seen that. Mm -hmm. It's it's a true. It is, it is true. And, you know, despite whatever field we're in, I mean, and we may even forget a person's name, <laughs> but when we see that person, we will certainly know about that last interaction we had with them. So you're so right about that. You're so right. So now in the introduction, I mentioned a little bit about, you know, suicide. And, and I know that the listeners of this program whose teens are transitioning out of the home, this is... And, and for many of them, this is the first time their teens have left and are going off to live. And as parents, we know, we know what happens not only in this world, but specifically on the college campus. And yeah. so can, if you can start off just telling us just a little bit 
about suicidal statistics and possibly even trends that you've seen that have caused like this ideation of suicide amongst teens. Can you help us with that starting off? Yeah, it's a really big deal for this mm-hmm. age group. It's a mm-hmm. very big deal. Mm-hmm. Statistically, suicide is the second leading cause of death mm-hmm. uh, for individuals in, between the ages of 15 and 25. And that's more than, more deaths than all of the other illnesses combined. So that's something that I'm very passionate about, making sure people are aware of this and that there's a lot of things that we can do to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And parents especially, there's a lot of things they can do. And they just, we don't know. I'm a parent myself. It's hard to know unless someone tells you. So I'm here okay. to help, help you figure out what you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so very much. And when we talk about like even those warning signs, because if we're honest, you know, there are some things that may have happened on the college campus, even prior to our teens transitioning onto the campus. Like my daughter, she leaves in two years. And so I do have two older ones who've already transitioned out of the home onto the college campus. And so, but I did some research and I, I really dove into understanding specifics regarding, you know, what has happened previously. I, I even, to be quite honest, I've talked with like um, the police department there and the uh, campus security, just so that I was in the loop and could receive text messages when something went on on the campus or in the college town so that I was aware so, since they went off like they were hours away. And so what are some of the warning signs that parents should notice and what actions should they take to prevent their teens from being harmed while they're away? Well, I can start out with the warning signs. Those, of course, are your symptoms of depression, which you may or may not be familiar with. You see them acting sad or hopeless, not wanting to live, lethargic, or suddenly gaining weight or losing weight. Those are all signs of depression. Additional risk factors include drug use. And one I want to really point out is they might any sudden change of behavior. So if they have been depressed and they're suddenly happy, this is one that nobody really expects. That sometimes that means that they have made a plan and they are no longer worried about it because they're ready to go. You want to be aware of any significant changes in their behavior. Try to stay in touch with them and create a relationship with them where you can check in with that. And the, there's a few couple questions that you can ask. It, this is a research from like a research assessment that you can go online and they train parents even on how to screen for suicide risk assessment. That's the Columbia Suicide Severity Risk Scale, okay. uh, SSRS. And the first two questions are the ones that are the most important. You want to know if your child has ever wished they were dead or wish they would maybe go to bed and never wake up. That's the first question. And then the second question is, have they had actual thoughts of suicide? And those things will help you figure out whether or not there's any ideation present. Okay, okay. First two questions of the CSSRS, and you can go online, and there are YouTube videos and such that will teach parents and anybody in the community how to use their six questions total, how to ask the questions, and what to do based on the outcome. Okay. If there's a yes to either of those two questions, you want to get them to see a therapist and get some help. But there's some okay. more things that you can ask as well. But doesn't mean you want to hear about those two? Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Um, beyond the ideation, I like can figure out that's called ideation if they're thinking of suicide. You want to check and see if they have any sort of plan. Have they taken any measures to start doing it? What would they do? 
Have they started enacting the plan? That's a big warning sign. If that's happened, you need to get them into your care immediately. Maybe call 911, emergency mm-hmm. room, immediate psychiatric help. Then do you intend to carry it out? That is important as well. So those are the questions that this Columbia will ask and they can give you. I think parents, when I've worked with them, they're like, you like having the, the paper, the questions there to ask because it is so anxiety provoking to even that your kid might be feeling this way. That's mm. hard. I've really liked using that instrument because it is so well developed for community use. Anybody can use it. And you're going to get that information for everyone, right? Absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, that'll be dropped right in the caption. So you, you're absolutely right. I will make sure that they, they have that information. So, so, and, and that, that was so impactful what you just mentioned. So now what, what tips and tools, when we talk about tips and tools that students can learn, because like they're going to be away from their parents. And so there's like this whole new environment. And so, mm-hmm. you know, being able to reach out to parents and, and have access to them, that's going to lessen. And so, but while they're on the college campus, what tips and tools can they utilize just to embrace positivity? Because I know it's a lot about how you think, too. You know, yes, very mm-hmm. much about you have to, if you're worried about your kid that's being depressed, mm-hmm. a depressed person tends to think things like, I'm not lovable, or I'm mm-hmm. not worthwhile. And it's really hard to change those thoughts without having something to replace them with. And so mm-hmm. that's where I think identifying who you are as a person, helping your kid figure out what their strengths are, can become very impactful. Ah. Because we want to build self-love in our kids, mm-hmm. and that is a very hard thing to achieve. I didn't get there until I was 36. So okay, okay. it's a hard thing to do. I, I, I personally talk about my own struggles with depression as well. With my work as with patients, and then also through my own experiences, I have found you really need to and foster that self-love because you don't kill people you love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't die. So if you can foster the self-love in a kid mm-hmm. or a young adult, that's going to go so far towards building resiliency and the strength that they need to handle whatever stressful events might happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have different ways that you can help do that. Please share. <laughs> we covered everything pretty quickly. Okay. Awesome. No, I still have a whole page though. Okay. <laughs> um, so what we're on to, we want to help them figure out what their positive traits are because you want to love yourself, but you can't love someone. How do you love someone? You need to know who they are. You're listening to Your Pointers for Parents podcast, where we support parents with anxiety as it relates to teens transitioning out of the home after high school to get additional tips tossed and or gems dropped Subscribe to our weekly emails by clicking on the link below. Now back to your Pointers for Parents podcast. Yes. Right? Who are yes. you? A lot of people in this, in this age, in this time frame of human development, brain development, is that's what you're doing. You're figuring out who you are. Mm-hmm. And so that's why positive identity, identity development is so important. It really protects against depression and things like suicide risk. Mm-hmm. You want your kids to be strong, know their strengths, and love themselves. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of free assessments out there. They're not like clinical assessments that I would use as a psychologist, but they're fun, and they can give a, a starting place. One of the ones I really like is the out of the University of Pennsylvania. It's 
the Values in Action GIA Survey of Character Strengths. And you can go to UPenn's website, and that's free. You do have to sign up. And they have a, a version to give your kids as well. Take it yourself. That's a good idea. Always role modeling is a good parenting rule when you're parenting older kids and young adults. Your main job is to be a role model. So take it yourself. Find out your own strengths. They'll give you the test itself. Is, as a psychologist, we get excited about tests. It's one of our things. So they, what they did is uh, Sullivan and the Positive Psychology Center at UPenn did a bunch of research across all the cultures and did some fancy statistics and found out, I think there's 24 strengths that people can have. Test will give you the top five. And then we have research saying that if you are using these strengths in your daily life, that is going to help you be more happy. Oh. So it's a really great intervention to both build happiness for anybody, mm-hmm. especially people who are at risk for depression or suicide, because they have a hard time seeing their strengths at all. And okay. then once you hear that as a parent, tell them that you are seeing it. When you notice those strengths, call it out. We like to assume that they know. You know I love them. They know like the great best things about them. But it's really important, especially when you're depressed because you're not thinking as well. And her, it's important to hear the very straightforward words. I love you. You are important to me. I need you to be around. You are going to make a difference in this world. You are worth something. Here are the strengths you have. Mine are capacity to love others, creativity, love of learning. And how can you really incorporate those strengths into your daily life? Dr. Meg, that is phenomenal because you're absolutely right. As parents, like, I think that we, us saying that enough, there's no way we can say that enough to our team, genuinely, because that can, us voicing that, like putting that out into the atmosphere, like, like that can get down into their subconscious. I mean, it really does. And when we talk about that subconscious, then like the subconscious does not make decisions, but it follows what it hears. And then the teen, like they have no other choice but to begin believing those type of things that us using our powerful voice can tell them. So, and even as you're saying that, like I'm thinking about my own team who will be going off. And so just how that can be, and I already tell her here and there, but as I increase that, how that can build her up even more and more and more. So that is so, that is so good. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's so good. And as an adult, I still need my parents to tell me sometimes, Megan, you can do this. You can. (laughs) You've got it. Look how strong you are. You, you, you just need to hear it sometimes. And the science imaging shows us that our prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that does like our personality and our good decision making is mm-hmm. shut down mostly when we're really depressed. And that's why we can't really think of any option other than suicide. Right. Mm-hmm. You just have to escape. It brings me to the desire to escape and to control. I want to make sure I bring up trauma and how important that is. Mm-hmm. And basically understanding a person and how much it impacts a person. Mm-hmm. Like, it is also a risk factor for suicide as well. I mentioned those earlier, but trauma, like it, suicide can almost be a trauma response of like the flight response or you need to have some kind of control over your situation. If you okay. don't see an escape, that's the only way they see out. And your brain's not working that great. Your animal brain's kind of in control when you're in fight or flight response. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where those bad people end up. We say dying by suicide. Your brain isn't working right. You aren't really you. And wow. even just the words commit suicide puts a lot of shame on the person. Because what do we commit? Crimes? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And suicide is really something that's going on in your brain and then it's not functioning properly. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the people around you can say things to help it function correct- correctly. You don't even necessarily need medications to make it work. But right. different triggers, the things that might have happened to us if you have a trauma in college, that can be very hard to cope with. Just to always stay trauma informed as well. Okay. It's very important. Be aware of what things you may not have thought think they're traumatic to you. Like as a parent, maybe that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But if your kid's saying this is a big deal to me, it's mm-hmm. a big deal. It's a big deal. I get it. And you know that whole Dr. Meg, when we think about, you know, how some teens, they go through this on an undeveloped brain. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on top of an undeveloped brain. And so if we're on the outside looking in, like saying those words, of that gives more credence to saying those words of enforcement and saying those words of power and you can do it. Because yeah. on the outside, we really have less than a clue of what's going on in the inside. And I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, even as adults, like having those words of encouragement is still important because, I mean, let's be honest, like we're kids in adult bodies, okay? So we're there's still a kid in us. Uh, it definitely is. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, my goodness. Is there any other, like, Words of wisdom, you shared so much this morning. My goodness, any additional uh, wise advice you would give a parent whose teen is leaving this month? Some may have already left, but anything else yeah. that you think of? <laughs> uh, there's a few more tests I'll maybe link to you guys. Okay. We don't have to go into them. They're not, they're just fun things that can help okay. the good person out. But just the, I, what you caught on to about how important it is to really say those things, even if it sounds kind of weird, like it's not really your family culture. Say, I love how smart you are. I love, I'm so proud of what you are doing. I hope you keep doing it. Those things are so powerful for mm-hmm. kids to hear. Mm-hmm. I and agree. say it directly and for them to hear it. Like, if you can look them in the eyes and say it, it's even more powerful. It's amazing, and- just that kind of connection. And, and if you don't have that connection yet, you can work something to build towards and that's all right because you know what the best kind of parent is science says oh good enough parent oh we don't have to be perfect that's my favorite that's my favorite fact the good enough parent i love it i love it that is so good that is so good so yeah we, we don't have to be perfect huh we don't have to get it all right we don't have to you know cross all t's and dot all i's and so that's so, that's so, so good. Oh, Dr. Meg, thank you so much for being here today. This was such powerful information. And if anyone has any questions, how can they reach back out to you? Tell me that. Yeah. Do a lot of, I'm pretty active on Twitter. You can find okay. me. I go by Badass Shrink or Dr. Meg. My handle's the shrink with the number one for the I. And make mm-hmm. you think about it extra. So. That'll be on your screen, right? Give yes. that information. And yes. then on Facebook, if you are interested in the kind of music that I play, I play it on Facebook Live um, and write my own songs, piano-wise. And you can email me as well at drmegdestrink 
at gmail.com, and my website is drmegdistinct.com. Please, ask me any questions you want, follow up. I would really hope, would love to connect with all your listeners. Awesome. Thank you so very much. And I do want to share one thought, because when you say, if it's not a part of your culture, then then say it. Still say it to your team. Guess what? How about we just make it a part of the culture? Many I would love for that to happen. All cultures, because, I mean, it's, it's a matter of just making a decision. And we influence our teams first, and let's just move forward influencing one another. So, Dr. Exactly. Meg, oh, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for having me. You're, you're very, very welcome. And if this anyone, is my first time, so thank you for <laughs> your flexibility. You are so welcome. And if anyone wants to listen again and again and again to this recording, just know we're at Pointers for Parents podcast on IG. And, of course, we'll have a testimonial uh, next week. I'm super duper excited. And so if for our listeners, if you all want to hear either more from Dr. Meg, let me know. We'll bring her back on. Or if there are any other discussion topics you all would like to hear, just let me know and we'll make sure that that comes as well. And for now, again, thank you so very much. And we will see you all again next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Dr. Meg. Bye. Pointers for Parents Podcast.